<laughs> special <laughs> special guest today, Sam McGill. You got a couple words for us? I don't. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life. Um, a special episode just for Christmas, as you see our hats. We are doing a special TKL banter episode with the man, the myth, the legend, at least in his own mind, Zach Attack, a.k.a. Sir Psycho Sexy, the creative juggernaut of Road Pop. Welcome to the show, Showboat. Great to be uh, here on the Neil and Bob podcast. <laughs> so, so uh, Bri- Brian Gino Gelato, did I get that last name right? Gino Gelato? Absolutely. Hey, Got Gino. a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this man needs no introduction, Mr. Plough. That's my name, Mr. Plow. <laughs> let's uh, let's dive right in. I've here created a, a subgenre of music. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, well, you guys know I'm a rock and roller, eh? and there's a lot of subgenres of rock. There's hard rock, soft rock, soft cock rock. Shout out to Mr. Plow. That's my name, Mr. Plow. So I've created a new subgenre of rock. I call it. Stud rock. Oh, sounds amazing. I imagine uh, not many guys are qualified to play that kind of music. Well, certainly no one in this room, except me. <laughs> All right, time for a short commercial break. And uh, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Heavy snowfalls getting you down. Barely get out of your driveway or always late for work. Sounds like you need the expert plowman, Mr. Plow. That's my name, Mr. Plow. He'll plow your driveway, plow your street. Hell, he'll plow anything you want, and you don't even have to pay him. Just let him crash, crash on your couch, and he'll be gone in the morning. If the snow, 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 stealing your ho, 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 who you gonna call? Mr. Ho. No! What's my name? Mr. Plow. That's my name, Mr. Plow. And our other sponsor, Dr. English. Uh, Dr. English is... An all-in-one platform that is here to help you do your English better. (laughs) The qualified native speakers can help you start on your journey to English fluency today. Enjoy learning from the comfort of your own home. Does anyone else have any thoughts on Dr. English? If I I was to sign up to this Dr. English, uh, are there any special perks like... uh... Like a hair coloring kit. <laughs> you get, sign up now for 10% off the Stevie Wonder Salon. <laughs> Call 010. <laughs> Call 010-4591-1496 for a free sample class. Open your doors to endless opportunities and sweet scalp dyes. <laughs> Take your English to the next level by uh, visiting their website today at www dr-english.com You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts Brian and Nate And so Zach man thanks for uh, thanks for coming by Let's Great to be here Yeah it's uh, this is I think these are the first beers that have been cracked in this studio? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, since we've uh, since you guys we... just usually sniff glue or what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not much might... drinking on Sunday morning. <laughs> we might no. We might sound Jesus. like our interviews might sound like we're sniffing glue, but no, those those are all 100 percent sober swears. Saturday's Sunday morning swear podcast with uh, with uh, with potty mouth and uh, the pirate. <laughs> anyway, sweet sweet shirt by the way. I got to give uh, a shout out to you. the University of Science professor, professor of logic. logic. And I see you have a dog. 
Yeah, I'm guessing neither you guys have a doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> Nate spends a lot of time in one, but we uh, <laughs> good times. Anyways, you came here to uh, to grace us with your music. I downloaded. You know what, dude? I paid for the album, and I think this is the first time I paid for an album or movie in in the past ten years. But I think because I've done it, man, I've actually like I bought this. I'm actually going to listen to it, and I've. Man, I, don't, I think I appreciate it more knowing you yeah, and knowing the work it, that's yeah. that's gone into it, man. That's uh, you've produced some quality, uh, some quality material. There, oh, I really nice. enjoyed it. How much okay. does how much does an album go for online? Eight. Well, this was pay whatever. Well, you can set set your own price, but I'd just do a buck a song. Mm. So if yeah. you, what, what about for a known artist? I mean, I, I haven't. I haven't well, most, music online most ever, people ever. these days, well, I should say, I mean, around the world, it depends on the country, but uh, most people are doing streaming services. So they just pay a, a fee every month, okay. whatever, 10 bucks, mm. and then they can stream anything. Okay. Just yeah. about anything. If BTS or, or whoever's, Billie Eilish or someone was going to sell an album online, oh. how, like before CDs used to be 15, 20 bucks, right? Yeah. yeah. But they don't get fifty. They probably get a dollar a CD back in the day. No? Yeah, but I'm just yeah, I'm okay. just curious. I, I I have no idea how I, much. I, I would. I mean, I think a reasonable price. I mean, for a standard ten song album would be ten bucks. Yeah, a buck a song, dude. It's, yeah. it's totally worth it, and very happy to support uh, to support a buddy, man. That's awesome. Keep uh, keep crushing. You've been doing music your whole life, as I've come to know over uh, over our hikes over the last year. We got to post some of those hiking pics too. From from last year, yeah, yeah. Nate, why why haven't you uh, been up uh, hiking with us? Ooh, I, Cripple, got Cripple <laughs> I got Creek. I got I got classes on Monday. Oh, uh, Monday morning? Yeah. Oh. Tuesday morning's my my morning off. Um, now I'm now I'm good. If you guys are going, I'll go Monday mornings now. Oh yeah. Dead. Okay. Not this Monday, but next one. Oh good. yeah, he's got to go camping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. near, 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 near. <laughs> the um, anyways, the, man, you've uh, you've had a whole life of um of music acquisition i don't know you've, you've studied basically everything tons of uh tons of different instruments um why don't you give us a little uh insight as to i don't know your your musical beginnings yeah i just i got pictures uh of me listening to music back when i was as young as four just exploring my dad's my parents record mm. eight track cassette tape collection uh, and at the age of six, uh, my mother started me in piano lessons, so I mm. did that for six years. And then I did uh, saxophone in, in a marching band in elementary school. And uh, I also, my grade six, I uh, starred in our school's production of Cats. Mm. Funnily, wow. yeah, funnily Good school. enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, my music teacher there, Frank Goodsir, he did these crazy elaborate musicals every. You have to do it every two years. Mm. So he did like all the you know the Oliver Twist and um, of course Cats, and he did uh, Pirates of Penzance, and yeah. Mm. I mean, but even did, even having a saxophone in a marching band, I mean, that's nothing close to what kind of schools I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> recorder, yeah. recorder, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the music was, and another great teacher too, uh, Mrs. Lavender, so she was also co-kind of putting that stuff together, so uh, funnily enough, I was I was a really skinny kid, but I they stuck me in the, the lead role of Buster for Jones, which was the fat cat, mm. so it was uh, interesting. And then I went on to uh, high school in, in grade, so grade 8 in BC, we started high school in grade 8, and uh, I wanted to be the next Eddie Van Halen, but they didn't have a uh, guitar 
just guitar class wasn't available and mm. I couldn't play guitar in the in the band. And you only learned to lick your own pussy and cat, so Um, so I ended up just uh, taking a year of drums, which was actually, it was a blessing, blessing in disguise because mm. I, you know, I had to learn rhythm. I mean, that's what drums are all about, timing, mm. rhythm and timing. And so I did that for a year. And then the following year, the, uh, the head band guy at the, the, um, <clears throat> my high school, Steve Austin, that's his actual name. Yeah. Stone Cold. He, he kicked you, he kicked <laughs> no, you in no, the guts the and said, Steve Austin, uh, an astronaut, a man barely alive. We can rebuild him. Six million dollar man. <laughs> he uh, opened this strings class, so it was just learning uh, acoustic guitar and but popular songs. And so I did that, and then I moved to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, mm. and did a year of classical guitar there. And then learned just, to play the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then just been yeah doing. Uh, six string and then took up the bass and just started writing my own music and playing in bands and all, all my my close friends were musicians so we have we have young kids um i think tony's in piano yeah yeah gina um when you were changing from piano to saxophone to drums did you find that you lost some of the instruments you already learned or does that kind of stay with you as long as you're playing something? No, no, no. It's well, piano. So piano is probably the, the the instrument that you should start on because yep. it's it's all you know it's all finger dexterity and 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 individual you know left hand is doing one thing while the right hand is doing something else, and then you have all the notes sure. right out there in front of you, so you can learn the notes and the scales mm. like everything's easy. So to pick piano up. piano is probably the best like the, the best uh, instrument to start on. I cool. would. And, my opinion very nice what kind of uh what kind of records did you have or tapes or eight tracks i don't know how old you are the the gray hair there gives me uh <laughs> he's got the uh you know i just finished uh, what's the book there the hobbit not so long ago and you're gandalf the gray yeah you got oh, thanks, you got the grays of gandalf and you're as queer as bilbo baggins <laughs> <laughs> So you say you want to come up? <laughs> no, no, I'm not coming up. I told you I'm deeply closeted. What are you talking about? Let me sink my neck back down into my chest cavity and ask that question again. Anyways, someone out there will get the reference. I hope. Um, so, what kind of tunes do you listen to in grade? I think I got my. F uh, I was listening to the hip definitely by grade four, grade five. Had day for night. That was your first. Music first album, you your first, not my first album, like the first one I remember yeah. jamming out in my in my room, day for night, <clears throat> trouble at the hen house, grade six. That was mm. oh, what did what did Gino used to blast? Oldies one hundred and four, dude. Yeah, any uh, in, hey, in Gino, I, <laughs> I just remember Big Come G over here and piss in your pants with the people. <laughs> Big G in okay, the basement boss. was was yeah. Simon and the Doors and Bob Dylan and Rod Stewart. And, oh, so you, oh, you're the second oldest. So how old is your Oldest we're all, sibling. We're all 18 months apart. Oh, okay. So they're all Your mom is just rapid fire. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember. You hit the floor and the next one's on the way. <laughs> but I remember, uh, you know, at, at a very young age, I have good memories of, of putting on the Beatles' love album. Like like the, the vinyl, dude. Listen, yeah. I'm, 
CCR looking at Cat oh, Stevens like, yeah, what's yeah. this? And he's got all the little uh, marijuana leaves in the in the corner. I'll, I'll never forget actually the Beach I, Boys. I went into the record store with my dad. I was six years old. It was nineteen seventy eight. So mm. yeah, do some math, figure out how old I am. Mm. And just looking through the records, and boom, there it was, Kiss Alive Two. So mm. I had the picture of all four guys, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Ace, Peter, <clears throat> Paul, and Gene. And uh, I was like, Dad, I gotta have this. So yeah. I bought the album. You know, brought it was a double live album. Took oh, it home, and huh. most most of the songs are probably too heavy for me at the age of six. But I like the softer stuff, like Beth and uh, mm. Hard Luck Woman, which is a great country song, basically. Yeah, that's awesome. So Kiss was the first, yeah, my first uh, your early love. Your early <clears throat> influence. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but what about uh, live performance? Like, uh, your, do you have a first concert you went to? Mine was a hip, dude. Mine My dad was, brought me to No, he's hip. never been to one. <laughs> <laughs> no, at first, the first... Uh... Uh, I, was, I was 15. I was in Saskatoon at the time, and it was Eric Clapton. And oh, I, got, I, had, I had great tickets. And there was a there was a rumor going. So it said Eric Clapton, special guest. So everyone was going, who's the special guest? It's Phil Collins on drums. Oh, mm. no, it's, you know, this guy. It was Mark Knopfler, lead singer and guitarist. For Dire Straits, that Sweet. was his rhythm guitar player. So Jeez. when Not it came a bad. out, I was like, "Holy crap!" B- biggest musical influences, uh, you know, growing up, as I said, Kiss was the first. But I just because I'd sit down and in, in front of my, you know, my my parents' musical collection and just listen to anything. Hmm. So I mean, it was like you know, one second it's ABBA and then it's Boney M and then it's Kansas and then it's you know Chopin and mm. it's uh, you know Kenny Rogers mm. like it, it, to me anything that basically sounded good to my ear I'd, I'd listen to it I, I miss the days I mean when you're young I find or thinking back when I was young you'd buy an album dude and you'd look at the art I remember what, like Green Day Insomniac there's the, the <clears> cover was like all these random pictures and dude I would spend hours just looking at that listening to the tunes reading the lyrics yeah. that was that was a uh, an amazing thing, and I wonder how many people do that now, or if you're just looking at a screen and just, you know. Yeah, I don't think there's any of that these days. I don't. <laughs> well, I know. Um, I remember a, a buddy of mine telling me about uh, Japan. He was he was living in Japan. He was saying that like when people were moving over to digital, like MP3s were becoming popular. Mm. And he said, in Japan, this the record stores are still huge. Like yeah. Japanese people will go in and they'll they'll pay fifty dollars for a CD. Cause, I mean, Japan is a very expensive mm. place, but they want something to touch and they want the liner notes and they want to yeah. go through everything and yeah. like oh you know pictures and and you know it's it's a whole experience but we're losing that man we're getting we're getting all the maybe all the experience but none of the i don't know like emotion attached to it like you can listen to the tunes but it's just passing you know while while you're driving in the car or whatnot i oh. mentioned last time we were doing a music one i think columbia house or something Oh, kept sending me that shit and i 20, said i was like 20 tapes man for you, use your illusion one use your illusion two bad out of hell and i was like sign them all up man i was like whoa just tripled my collection in yeah. one order yeah and then I the collection that. agency was coming like five <laughs> years later and dad was like you better pay that and i used to run home and check the mail and just rip it up put it in the garbage like <laughs> one time he went, they're coming for you you <laughs> better pay that he's thing. in move it on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the old 20 for the price of one or something the last musical episode we had was Jason Kim and he came in and he rattled off. I felt like an idiot. He came in and, and had 50 guitarists and he was dropping names like Toad in the Wet Sprocket. And I was like, oh, dude, I don't you, know. Oh, you would have heard the Toad in the Wet Sprocket. That's yeah. yeah. yeah they had like one or two big hits. They mm. were like, yeah. What, uh, so as far as guitar influences, like you mentioned bands, who specifically I would, 
say you're more guitarist than anything. Although yeah, you, yeah, guitarist first, and you know, mm. singer, songwriter, probably after yeah, yeah. that. But um, well, yeah, my my biggest musical influence, I said Kiss and and mm. STP and uh, Stone Temple Pilots, yeah, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Alice in Chains, uh, ABBA, mm. throw ABBA, and I love disco. Mm. Uh, of course, Van Halen, the Beatles, Steve Miller. Um, for guitar influences, biggest mm. guitar again, it would be um, Ace Frehley, yeah. Kiss's lead guitarist, and then Eddie Van Halen. As I mentioned, I wanted to be the next Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. And my first concert, of course, was Eric Clapton. Yeah. And then I got into the really, you know, cool, crazy wild guitar like Joe Satriani, and okay. Steve Vai. Yeah. Um, and then uh, White Snake, another one of my favorite bands. My uh, wife's too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> Shout out to Nikki. Um, he had a killer. Well, David Coverdale always works with great guitar players, but John Sykes was uh, with him. Well, I think two albums, but the their big one, the White Snake, White Snake in eight, 1987, with uh, "Here I Go Again" and yep. "Is This Love" and you know, "Still the Night." Loved him. And then, of course, uh, when the grunge era came in in the 90s, it was um, STP, so Dean DeLeo, the DeLeo brothers. So it's a, two two guys, two brothers, Dean on guitar and Robert on bass, and they're just ridiculously good jazz-trained musicians. Yep. But they bring that jazz into rock, hard rock. So, you know, Do so you think a lot, of the, a lot of the best musicians in their field are classically trained first? Uh, well, I, you know what I mean? Yes and no. I mean, I mean you got... You, you got guys like yeah like those guys that studied and and uh you know uh steve Vai went to you know berkeley um and then you got guys that basically taught themselves i mean eddie like eddie van halen he learned because his father was a, a really good musician mm. uh eddie actually was uh, on the drums originally and mm. alex was playing guitar and he just he couldn't play mm. shit for you know for guitar but um they ended up switching mm. instruments and then Eddie just kind of basically taught himself. Mm. So yes and no. I mean, there's, um, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think learning and, and studying it can, you know, can, can really help you uh, in, in many ways. But, but not a necessary, not no, necessary. No, it's for... not, not absolutely necessary. No, no. There's guys like, like George Lynch, the lead guitarist for Dokken, the big metal, metal band from the yeah. 80s and 90s. He doesn't know a note but he's a ridiculous guitar player yeah. oh that's awesome well even even now just the influence online and being able to teach yourself on youtube i mean there's so many people who just buy a guitar pick it up start watching online that's follow exactly it. what i did with my wife and, for uh, uh for her birthday uh we were this, butter just... white snake album <laughs> yeah, here you go honey <laughs> don't play it till it breaks <laughs> um well we were just before the pandemic hit we were in bangkok and uh i i for her birthday i bought her a bass because mm. she wanted to learn bass and so uh yeah, so she's had that last two years, and she just and I then for Christmas I got her signed up for a, a an online guitar course. Sweet. So she's been doing that. That's yeah. awesome. Knowing where to start, I think, is the hardest thing for 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 me. Anyways, I can't conceptualize. Getting, what do yeah. I do first? Do I learn chords? Do I learn like getting started? Three songs. Yeah, or, uh... Nikki, my wife, she was like, yeah, just this the, the kind of the basics. Like, well, what do I do, and how do I tune it, and you know, mm. how do I hold the guitar, and it's yeah, like starting right from scratch you know mm. yeah but it's it's all about that first step the first step is the hardest you know? no doubt so you're you're learning all these instruments you eventually 
Well, you're master and uh, master in the guitar, and then you get into writing your own music. I don't know about mastering, but uh, oh, you're doing all right. <laughs> doing okay. What uh, what's you know when do you uh, when did you write your first song? Was it uh, bad a bad breakup at school? Was it like I it was it was actually I was I was I think I was about seven years old and I wrote I ripped off a kiss song. I can't remember the kiss song yeah. and I wrote all, all the lyrics and the, the title of the song was We're Young Gentlemen and it's all about I don't know, being cool and whatever, yeah. but you know, still oh. being gentlemanly. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> what uh, I asked the the question on a, on another semi-musical podcast about uh what aspect do you enjoy most about uh, about being a musician uh the writing the recording or the performing oh i like i like it all i mean it's all different kind of experiences you know um but i mean writing and recording is probably my my favorite you know creating something from nothing kind of like spontaneous generation where i mean it's like well I, i i mean i've never fathered a child as far as i know but you know you you two both have mm-hmm. and uh you know it's it my songs are like my babies you know it's mm-hmm. like it started with nothing and then suddenly you know boom there's a there's a guitar riff and then there's uh you know a, a drum idea and then there's yeah. a, a you know a, a lyrical melody and yeah. and then next thing you know you know you've got a song so so is, is is that like a natural progression from just playing to shit i can just start writing my own or like how like same thing where do you get started from just i play music to man i can just write my own or putting the music to the words like some people just write but to make the, your own music to go with it what how do you get there uh well you just i mean you, do you just like, decide uh, um if i kind of painted myself into a corner i might say okay look i got to come up with something like a, a riff for this song or lyrics i usually write the lyrics last hmm. so i've actually that's happened to me a, a couple of times where I've sat down on my computer ready to finally record my song and I still don't have the lyrics finished. Mm. So I'm like, well, it's now or never. Yeah, yeah. But um, I usually, as a guitarist, I just, you know, pick up the guitar and I mean, I have guitars all over my house and uh, I just pick it up and just start strumming. And I'm like, whoa, what's that? There's something you know, in it's, there. just, yeah. it's just kind of a free flow of, you know, mm. consciousness. Is that typical to write the lyrics at the end? Um. People do different things like uh, uh, David Lee Roth is kind of famous for always doing things at the end, you know, like all the music's done and then, you know, he comes in and listens to the song and then writes lyrics and and whatever. Whereas uh, some other, you know, people like probably someone like Bob Dylan might, you know, he might have a lyrical idea and he starts writing the lyrics and then he might start putting chords Mm. over top of it. So. I have done both, but I, I that's it's almost always happens for me. It's like guitar riff, and then I, you know, once I, I get a main guitar riff, and then I start thinking about you know tempo, and then drums, and 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 I start humming, you know, some mm. sort of melody over top of it, and nice. then it's always lyrics of the last. That's I saw the Elton John movie there, and uh, I can't remember the Bernie Taupin, who's a, his his writer, yeah, Bernie Taupin. Yeah. He would write the lyrics first and give it to. There was yeah. the exact opposite, right? You give him the lyrics, and he just looked at me like, "Oh, I got some for that." You know, I mean, I, I, I used to play the piano and the trumpet, and that was it. Um, but if I was writing a song, I, I would think that like I'd be aiming for three to four minutes because that's every song that I know. But I mean, why aren't there more one minute or two minute songs or six minute songs? I mean, when you get one, you know, an eight or nine minute, when you go, "Holy shit, this is long." Yeah. 
So when you're when you get when you're writing like that, do you have something in your head like it's going to be three minutes, three and a half, four minutes? Uh, I mean, plus or minus, or fuck, I'm going to write one that's it's ten minutes long. Uh, it, uh, it all, it like all how, depends how, on what happens. How, there's no way that every musician only no like coincidentally no. writes three and a half minutes. Met- I mean, Metallica was was famous, you know, before they became really famous. Um, <laughs> for doing like six seven eight yeah. minute songs you ones. know and they had yeah they didn't even put out a video until on justice for all whereas if you look at older music you know going back to the you know the, the 50s 60s They're short um, pop hits right yeah, yeah it was like two two and a half minutes yeah like even even like a lot of the christmas stuff that i've, I've been listening to the old like bing crosby and, mm. and all you know fred astaire it's all it's all like two two and a half minutes so does that play into the process at all or no just whatever once um, i'm done whatever i got going on no i mean then you got to look at genres too like if you want obviously if you were aiming for a pop song to get on the radio because of course it's all about you know you shortness. see that in queen yeah. in uh, bohemian rhapsody right yeah it's yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna be short and they do have of course radio versions of a lot of songs mm. where they'll you know maybe they'll take a four minute song and then they'll just cut parts out of it mm. you know what um, about for the soft handsome cock genre <laughs> <laughs> it's not small it's cute <laughs> oh he's so cute mr plow that's my name mr plow um i would say why most of my songs probably come in the three and a half to four and a half minute mm. range yeah there's two songs off off this album that are pushing five minutes but yeah. There's a lot of parts to it. So that's what it comes down to is, I mean, if it's just a straight ahead intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, mm-hmm. outro, you know, it might might be three minutes. But yeah. if there's, you know, there's an, an extra verse or, you know, someone that's long winded like freaking Bob Dylan could, mm-hmm. you know, he writes lyrics forever. So, I mean, yeah. his songs can be quite long. How do you view a song? Is it do you view it as one one piece of work or? or several elements put together as well um both yeah so as a as a as a songwriter and you know multi-instrumentalist yeah there's i i I can take a a song as a whole Mm. which i think that's really at the end of the day how you should listen to a song Mm. you know as a whole one unit Mm. but as a musician then now you know getting into recording and and producing and stuff i dissect the crap sure. out of mm. songs you know like i'll listen to a little bass line or i'll go oh i see how he eq'd that one little part there and mm. oh i see how the you know the harmonies uh, came came in here and then you know so it yeah can get yeah once it actually as my recording engineer said to me yeah once you once you get into recording heavy into recording mixing and mastering you'll never listen to music i was uh, was just gonna say that i've drawn terrible pictures before but anything you do maybe that that takes time to to produce for example say drawing a picture i have a hard time viewing my own work as one piece i view Mm -hmm. it as as several elements that make up one piece yeah is that difficult for you as well like when you're listening to your to the playback of your album are you like oh i should have changed the drums or i can only hear the bass on this song yeah i mean like listen this album's only been out one week now. a week now yeah. yeah exactly a week yep. yeah from today um you know as soon as i heard the finished product i mean i loved it you know uh shaw did a great job on it but instantly i'm like oh you know i i should have sang this this way and oh i could have put in an extra harmony mm. over there and you know that could have that's freaking you know mm. splash could have been a, a touch louder mm. and that's the thing is if you 
if you're waiting for perfection and does it know, ever come? Never it, it never comes. And mm. sometimes you can go backwards. Like I've done that too, where I've been, you know, <laughs> re recording and mixing and mastering at home and mm. I'll go in, you know, one night and I'll be like, change a bunch of stuff and then wake up the next day and go back. And I'm like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Like mm. that, that just took me back yeah, yeah. instead of forward, you know? I see. I see. I see. Anyways, for anyone listening, Zach has made every sound on this album, right? You've yeah, done, well, they, you've the, done top the drums, to bottom. The, the, so the drums are, um, they're real drummers in real studios mm. recording their sounds and their beats and everything. Mm. And then uh, it goes, you know, uh, it gets put up on uh, software and mm. then. Like a garage band kind of deal where you take, you can take a snare drum. Choo, 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 yeah. Choo, well, it, drum, it, boom, it's, boom, it starts with, you know you know, basic beats or, or drum patterns yeah. or, or whatever. And then you just kind of pick and choose what you want. And then you can, you know, you can mm. change it around as much as you want. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's real, real drummers doing this is, stuff. this is recording in the, in the dig, digital. Well, yeah, drum, there's right? actually, yeah. It, and this has been around for quite some time. There are some very famous bands that have, you know, they don't go in and record, you know, acoustic drums they, mm. they just use you know drumming software going back the first time ever i think it was beck he he does everything oh, he did himself. That, yeah well there's but he did like, odelay like, in his yeah, basement like, didn't he in 94 yeah something like with with back or you know going back yeah, ways where you could hear you, you knew that that was an that was a drum machine they had what we called drum machines mm. back then where it's just well it's basically a piece of yeah of equipment yeah. That just makes the drum sounds. Yeah, you yeah. start with something basic, and you do weird sounds and beat patterns. And this is this is uh, on a whole other level. Would that like? Could you imagine doing a, an album like he did back in the day? Like it must have been so many more steps. I would imagine. Uh, it, it seems pretty cut and dry now. Not that it's easy, but I mean, the technology would facilitate the the uh, the making well, of the album the thing a lot is better. With than... with technology, is yeah, it. it it makes things easier, but it, it kind of pushes the boundary. So it, it makes this much that, that inch that you move forward easier, but then it opens the, the more possibilities. Yeah, the yeah. horizon is that much further away. Yeah, I so gotcha. there's mm -hmm. more possibilities yep. and things become more, like I was just saying to you today, I think in the car over here, like talk, you know, like having to learn, um, you know, like the, the technology, mm. you know, like yep. just since I've, I, uh, you know, uploaded my album through, you know, on Spotify and Apple Music. And I have to go into all everything. these sites and freaking <laughs> learn, you know, yeah, everything. And, oh, I got to do this and I got to go here. And what's this? You know, best way to, best way to learn, though. Necessity. Yeah. You yeah, have to do it. So you learn. Trial and, that's how I learned how to record was just trial and error. I yeah. just sat down at the computer one day and I did back to back 10 hour sessions and just started pushing buttons and like, oh, the best what does this do? I was going to say, do you think the average musician could sit down and figure that out on their own or? Uh, well, now it's like, you know, you have, uh, you know, you, everything's online. So you can you have YouTube tutorials. And like, I, I belong to a bunch of uh, online music groups, like through Facebook and mm. other things where they, we just, they just post stuff all the time. Like, hey, mm. did you guys know you could do this? And, you know, check this out. And yeah, yeah so there's a great way to learn. Yeah. Really fun. Absolutely. You mentioned some of your biggest musical influences and they're all part of bands. <laughs> you prefer the solo uh, special. Can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, would you ever be interested in recording with a band? He's got some bills. Or, 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 is, or, is it, or is it a lot of... Is, is it she just that... quite the ding-dong. Is, is it just that Kichana? Like it's... 
it's just too much hassle or well, tell us a little bit about the solo I mentioned stuff. this yeah earlier tonight I, I mean I've played in bands before and I've done you know original bands and I mean it's it's well to, to explain it to you guys you know you're you're both married all three of us are married and you know a one-way marriage is you know with two people is difficult enough now imagine in a band with three or four or five people where it's like a five way. I thought you were going to say if I had three wives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why anyone would want three wives, but <laughs> but uh, it, it just it it's just too a lot much harder hassle. to make it work. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it means more more work for me because I have to do everything. Mm. Like you know, like Dave Grohl when when Nirvana obviously his for ended, the first Foo Fighters, yeah, he the did. first Foo Fighters album. Mm. He he recorded everything in five days. He played everything. And recorded it all in five days. And Incredible. yeah, it was a shit ton of work, but, you know, he, it was just by himself and he didn't have to worry about anything or anyone. And that's me too. Like, you know, from what people tell me, I have a bit of an ego. I don't really see it, but, uh, um, <laughs> Do you-, you know, one ego in a band is enough, but when you get two yeah. and three and four and, and like, you know, yeah, I just, I've seen that imagine. situation at the bar a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> My ego. <laughs> the, do you think going forward and into the future that we're going to see a lot more of this? Like, uh, I remember going up to Pentaport there to see Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah. and, and he's, I mean, you think there's like a ten man crew playing up there? If you close your eyes, you know, it's, it's just him. Yeah, because he does a lot of the loop. He has yeah, one of those huge, yeah. yeah, looping boards. And, and I was like, wow, this is incredible! Like, yeah. if this was twenty years ago, I mean, there'd be four or five guys up there and everything. Yeah. And so, do you think that's more of the way of the future, or do you think we'll always have? I mean, we'll always have the bands, but do you think there's going to be a lot more of these solo, you know, well, one man shows who can do everything? there's yeah there's a mix of stuff so there's guys like yeah ed sheeran that can just go up there by themselves and then they just use uh you know a looping machine to just you know they they put up a little basic beat you know and then they you know maybe throw in i was actually an old friend of mine i was just watching a video on facebook of him he did a whole song just through looping he started off with a drum beat yeah it's amazing uh, to watch like imagine doing that performing like you're making the song as you're talking yeah, to well, us and it's hanging like, out. It's like a real DJ, like a, like a, a, like a so club cool. DJ where they, I mean, I call a real DJ, not these bullshit guys that come in and just <laughs> stick a freaking USB, USB into yeah. the, but guys that like, I, and I've seen it before. I'm not a DJ guy, but you know, where they bring a box of records, <laughs> they stick one record down, they sample a beat. And then it's off, and then they layer on top. So they're creating mm-hmm. a song right, before, you know, in front of you, and that's that's what you know these like that's guy like Sheeran is, is doing. He's okay, everybody. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And then and then they're like, holy shit, I'm in the song. Yeah. Like I'm, awesome. I, I'm 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 on there. Yeah. So there's that. You can do the the looping stuff, and and then there's also guys like myself, you know, that I I, I mean I I I play and I record everything in the in the studio but for me to play it live i i would i would want a backing band like i'd want at okay. least one other guitar player and obviously a bass player and a drummer and then one one of the those guys would have to be able to sing harmonies if not two of them because a lot of my songs have multiple harmonies you know mm. so. how how easy is that to invite an outsider or, or you know the random guy to come and play with you on the weekend or, or whatever like it all it all depends on the role you want them to play. So are they just coming in as like a hired gun just to do a job? That's one thing. But if you want to be like, you know, as a partner, that's a whole other thing. I think, for again, for myself, I mean, if I had the, you know, the money, I'd, I'd just be paying guys probably to come in and 
Mm. And you know, it's like, all right, you know, play this, play that. But do, have you done that before? <clears throat> um, I've had musician friends just come and sit in and and play stuff. But like, I don't not, know if it's a not, good analogy or not, but I think of a hockey team where just bring in the sniper for a couple of games, but there's no atmosphere, there's no connection with the team. Well, like, that's why you that's you kind of take the the feeling yeah. of the song out. Maybe you can get you can hire studio musicians who can just uh, they just read your music, so you give them sheets, right? And they'll just read and play it, yeah. but. It's not gonna. It's nothing that's. Hey, dude, can you wanna, can you pump it gonna, up a little bit? Yeah, then? you're gonna you're gonna want to watch robotic versus like this is like when I, I I first moved to to Taiwan in 1999. I would go out and see bands, and every single band that played, the lead singer would have a music stand, and he would have all the lyrics out there, and he'd just read. He or she would just read the lyrics off the you know the, the sheets, hmm. and it was just like you know like robot crap and i was huh. like wow i mean this is this is something but yeah when you get studio musicians yeah they're gonna play it perfectly but you need that jam time where everyone gets in a room right. and yeah. plays and then you start and that's where the real i mean the real magic happens is you know yeah you have the structure of the song but you start riffing like you know you see you guys have all been to live concerts you know yeah. you see a, a band we playing a song you know note for note and then suddenly it's like oh where did they just go with that, you know? And they're and then they start looking at each other and like, oh, well, let's take it this way, yeah. you know? Like that that is only like happens jazz, right? when the jazz element. Yeah, of... it's 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 improvisation, but it's from from knowing, you mm. know, these guys that you've been playing with for yeah. however long months, that's, years. That's decades. what I thought. If you're just getting guys to come yeah. in and play with you, it must it's going to be sterile. It must it's feel very yeah. unself fulfilling to. Yeah, it's going to be. We're sterile. playing my song, but <laughs> I wish my buddies were here playing with me or something. Right? No doubt. Um, with the release of your album, what, what's your biggest hope? Um, do you have any high expectations for it or hopes? No, or is I, have, it just I, have, a... I have zero expectations and that's, that's the passion way to, project. Yeah. That's the, that's the way to approach life is have zero expectations of everything and everyone. And that way you're never disappointed. Yeah. So yeah. And I think easier, easier said than done. Yeah. But doesn't it yeah, put pressure but... on you if you're, if you're making it, uh, well, when I, that want, I mean, pressure? I want, I want people to listen to it and if they don't like it, fine, but at least, you know, yeah, give it a, give it a chance. But mm. I, the, the, at the end of the day, I just want to get my music out there. Mm. I well, mean, I've, I've been writing since I was a kid and I've got, you know, hundreds of songs that I would just, I want to get out and, you know, mm. if people like it, cool. If not, you know, at, at the end of the day, I do it for me first. Yeah. You know, and, and everything else after that is gravy. What yeah. would surprise you? Because um, I remember the the stops. Is that right? Patrick's yeah. band, yeah. Like they put it up and I thought, he, I want to say 17,000, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, they got like 12,000. Something like that. And I was like, streams. holy shit, that's... Uh, like that's yeah, that's good. That's good for a you know no no ba- nobody band from Ulsan. Hmm. People don't even know where it is, you know. Yeah, so what about a nobody solo from Ulsan? Well, <laughs> <laughs> says number one one man party. Yeah. Number one man party. Um, I mean, if you logged in tomorrow and or, or in a month and you saw five thousand or twenty thousand, what what would be? Yeah. Wow. Well, I've got right now. It's on so many different sites, even sites that I can't access. So my music is on sites right now that I can't even access in Korea. Oh, okay. Like. Um, uh, like pay sites. Deezer, Deezer, Deezer's another uh, um, streaming Deezer, and there's one other one I tried to get mm. on today, and they said no, it's not available in Korea. But I could see my music, like in the background. There's my album sitting there, oh, cool. like on this website, and cool. I, huh. or, or on this you know streaming service, and I can't even access it in Korea. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah, I, my music's probably on a dozen different sites right now. I don't know what would surprise me. If, if I could turn it into something that was even kind of part-time, That'd be that cool. would be cool. Yeah. Have you have you explored other other ways to to make music a part of your like working career other than uh, other than writing your own music? Have you thought of like uh, helping produce, helping write, or teaching music? Writing, writing, because I I do a lot of writing. So and that's yeah, that can be very um, lucrative too. Is just writing for because a lot of I mean that's that's to me kind of what separates the performers from the musicians mm. is you have people that can play music really well but can't mm. write anything mm. original yeah. and then you have those people that can play music and can write original stuff which is not yep. it's not that easy to do no doubt so yeah maybe writing for other people do you think teaching music like would that ruin it for you i think about no uh, i no i've i've thought about that in the past like uh you know, teaching teaching kids to play guitar, or mm. even doing a, a you know like a songwriting course for yeah. for people. Yeah, cool, man. All right, we're gonna cut to uh, to um, the studio version of your song Thanksgiving. Do you want to give a little background on the song? Uh, inspirations, motivation. Yeah, so um, the song started in a an open E tuning, so it's the same tuning that the guys from uh, the Black Crows used in She Talks to Angels. Mm. So what an open tuning is, is the strings of the guitar are tuned to a chord already, so you don't have to touch the guitar. It's mm. already a, Ready a, to go. a, a chord. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it just kind of opens up a lot of possibilities. A lot of old blues players used um, used open tunings. Uh, Jimmy Page, of course, yep. from Led Zeppelin, was famous for using open tunings. You know, I mean, all of crazy great players Ry Cooter um, even <clears throat> uh, Keith Richards from the Stones so it started with just with an open tuning and started riff uh, wrote the song on my rooftop and then I ended up calling it Thanksgiving because I was going over to a stuff a bird uh, yeah stuff a bird it was uh, American Thanksgiving I was going to, over to a friend's place and so I thought it'd be cool to sit around I brought my guitar We'd, we could write the lyrics kind of all together, but it ended up not working out. The, uh, <laughs> the guy the guy was too busy playing video games and watching German porn over uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Scheiße. Yeah. Yeah, it was this Scheiße porn, basically. It was <laughs> <laughs> but, Shittiest uh, Thanksgiving ever. But uh, No, it was a good Thanksgiving, but so I, I, I came home, you know, the, you know, that night and then but the following week I just ended up writing the lyrics but it was yeah Thanksgiving and what you know what are you thankful for and uh, you know taking a chance on life because you know it's kind of we all only have one one go at this at this life what know, so no one yeah. told me well unless you're into reincarnation yeah <laughs> oh man anyways let's uh, cut to the tune all right Recording guitar, your 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 bass or your drums are coming first, 
and then you're listening to the you're yeah. listening to it and playing the guitar over the yeah. drums yeah when I when I play when I start writing this or I mean when I record a song yeah. the drums come first okay. so I have a, yeah. a beat and a yeah. rhythm and everything to follow is it hard to stick to that no, because I, I, I go. I usually spend two or three hours just doing the drums first, oh, okay, okay. and I get everything how I like it. And cool. sounds like a country song. Yeah, this is my. This is the first single. It's a, like of a country, country rock. To be what? To be licking. How long will it take to be licking life's plate? So yeah, stepping up, taking a chance. Yeah, it's got real Thanksgiving references. Yeah. yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Got a catchy yeah, little, thanks. catchy little rhythm. I, I mean, man, I think, like I said, when I listened to one of Patrick's or they released, if you put that on my radio station, I would never think that it wasn't one of the main, yeah, the main tunes. Well, that's where the technology is uh, these days. As I was telling you guys earlier, um, off mic, you know, like the the Killers, one of their, you know, their first albums, they used basically what I have. At home, you know, uh, Logic, which is an Apple uh, software, recording software, and uh, a, a, an Apple computer. And, of course, they had a lot of 
gear mm. on top of that. But yeah, the so, technology is there. So does this stuff make it, like I'm just trying to think, like does it make it easy to kind of rip off songs or kind of like copyright in some ways? Because you, you say, yeah, that's what the technology does, but you got to, I mean, I don't know, it, it the lyrics maybe or the rhythm or the, you know, it sounds like a good tune, but there must be guys who make, songs that aren't good Ooh, that doesn't belong on the radio I, I mean or does the technology kind of you can say oh, give me this kind of beat this kind of rhythm this kind of drums and everything I mean, sounds that's, good that's an art in itself too that's where he's talking about the technology's pushed it it's also pushed the horizon farther to to further differentiate probably your music but it's given everyone kind of the tools to make their own to doesn't mean like does everything kind of sound good now well you can i can't if you know what you're doing if you know what you're doing in the studio, I mean, there's a lot of studio trickery. You know, you can you could make someone that just like a horrible, well, not a horrible singer, but you can make a mediocre singer sound really good. Right. Um, with instruments, maybe it's a little harder. I don't know. You could always what we call punch-ins, basically, where you know you're, you know, you they'll they'll play a line or sing a line or whatever, and then if they, you know, they play that note off or whatever you just you can just punch in and, and fix the note or you can just do several takes and then just do they call it swiping where you you know you say you do uh four takes of of one you know mm. guitar riff and then you you take the best of the four but mm. at, at the end of the day i mean if you can't play a one guitar riff from beginning to end what are you doing you know, like a, a, a solo was a little different because there's a lot of things going on. Like Eddie Van Halen, you know, um, once the technology was there, he he was maybe not famously known for doing that, but he would he would improvise. He would just go in and do do a solo, totally improvised, and then he would go back and listen to me and be like, Oh, I liked I like that six seconds and I like that ending, <laughs> you know, seven seconds. He'd keep that and then he would just improvise over the rest of it and then he would add it and kind of in blocks. Cut, I wonder, cut and paste. Kind of. I wonder with yeah. the with the older musicians, say like a Beatles or or whatnot, if <clears throat> if there was a transition period or first, if people look back and say like, "Wow, you guys did that all in in five takes or in ten takes." Like back in the day, they had to record their whole their whole tune with. Well, it, you you sometimes you'd see like those old uh, recording videos where they'd have like a a twelve piece band all in mm. one room recording live, mm. uh, and. Um, yeah, it was, and again, studio musicians, like basically as a studio musician, you have to play it right the first time. Yep. There's no question about yeah. it. And then I wonder about the transition period of like kind of the, the essentialists or the traditionalists who are like, oh, I'm not doing that. That's the new, that's the new way you're cheating. You know, I wonder if people are still get stuck in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Always yeah. are going to be somebody. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, you know, the old, you know, looks at the young and says, oh, well, you know, what you're playing isn't real music and mm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's it's funny because you, you you compare so like how like I was saying I make a song like I start with a or when I'm recording I start I lay the drum tracks first because mm. of course that's the foundation of of every song is the the rhythm the, mm. the the drums or whatever is your rhythm instrument and then you build on build on there mm. so I have I and then I'm able to just follow the drums and I have to stay in time with the drums mm. now if you go back say like to like led zeppelin you, you know, listen to some old led zeppelin recordings mm. and of course they had a real drummer john bonham mm. the, arguably the greatest rock drummer of all time uh 
and you and you listen to the song and then you put it to like a, a beat match to see okay well, you know how, how's he doing in terms of keeping time and <laughs> he'll drift you know mm-hmm. like as 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 everyone does yeah. you know so oh, he was a little fast here or he was a little slow here mm-hmm. now sometimes that's intentional and you mm-hmm. see like tricky stuff like snow temple pilots you know one of my favorite bands of all time a song like um big empty mm-hmm. which was featured on the the crow soundtrack so i always it was just funny listening to that song over and over, and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting how it sounds like the chorus is just... Now, the chorus is heavy. When it kicks in with the chorus, it sounds like it's faster, but oh, it wouldn't be faster. Well, it actually is. So hmm. they go... The, the verse parts are 59 BPM beats per minute, hmm. and then the uh, chorus kicks up to 63, which, I mean, it's only 4 BPM hmm. faster, I mean, it's but you can tell it's perceptible. Yeah, it's perceptible, but it, you know, it's not it's mm. not really noticeable. But maybe that unpolished that unpolished sound gives it more character. Well, there's yeah. I mean, there's you know yeah the the, the realism, and that's the thing that a lot the the, the critics these days are you know uh, they're saying about music, and of course, and what, probably the main thing that they criticize is the auto auto tune. Mm. So singers go in and 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 they can just sing whatever, and they you can go in like note for note, and change perfectly change. change. It. Now you can't change. I mean, if something's like way off, you can't mm. change it. But if it, if it's Nate singing soprano, yeah. <laughs> if if it's if it's in the region, you can you can fix it. I like something I've one part of uh, Grace Two by the Hip. Yeah, yeah, dude, you can hear the fingers sliding. Yeah, on the on the on the chords what well, i hear every time i turn that song on that's that's like a for me it's a part of the song yeah to hear his finger slide i'm like i don't know if they recorded that in in 2021 if that would be edited out if that would be part of the song well it all depends uh, and another thing yeah another thing too with the, the writing getting back to writing mm-hmm. um you'll see songs now that will come out like like top like number one hits and you'll look at the songwriters always look at the songwriters and see now they have groups of songwriters so it's not like two or three or four Mm. or five we're talking 20 people writing the same song it's it's like an assembly line of of writers wow yeah and it's i was i was surprised i i I mean however many years 10 15 years ago when you look at the top songs on the top list or whatever and you go I mean, the same guy wrote the first four songs sung by different people, and that well, was my have, first time. Yeah, like, wow. yeah, you have those 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 famous songwriters, as I said, like doing yeah, and and it's it's been happening for a lot, like Bernie Taupin, as you said, you know, it was uh, Elton John's mm. main collaborator. Mm. You got uh, like a Desmond Child who used to write uh, write with Kiss. Um, there's is that easier for the singer or the writer? I mean, if you give Bieber a song, does Bieber make the song, or does the song make I mean, he's famous, but it depends. You got a good performer, a good singer. Well, it, it, I think it, it takes two. It takes two to tango. You know, it, there has to be it. It has to be a, a good song. Well, I mean, to be really a really good song, it has to be good songwriting and a good performance. Yeah. And so you have you do have some good perform people that can you know freaking sing or play or whatever great, but they can't write. And then you have people that can write really well, but yeah. know, can't perform or yeah. choose not to perform. And then you have, you know, people that, well, then you have some people that can't do either, but they, they have a look, <laughs> right? Because at the end of the day, it's it's entertainment. It's what you yeah. can sell. 
And it comes down to your philosophy, too. What do you want to do? Do you want to produce music? And I don't think any one is better than the other one, but if you want to produce music that satisfies you, the music that's inside you, if you can get that out and, yeah. and, and produce it, I don't think, like you said, you have no expectation for your, yeah. for your album. I think you're happy <clears throat> just getting that out of you. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I need it. I mean, I need Sweet to. Sweet release. I, I mean, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I said I've been writing a Track long time. Nine. And, oh. <laughs> and I just, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I want to get it. I want a, a polished pro I mean, I've been recording music for a while now, but not, I can only take it so far. Like, you know, with my recording engineer, I do, I do all the drums, the bass, guitars, and then Shout I Shout out to Dick Cheney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, and then I do uh, scratch vocals. Uh, it's all in my home studio. Oh, yeah. And then I, you know, go down to Pusan to Underground Tracks, and uh, we do the vocals there. He has a much better vocal setup, and mm. he has a proper studio room. Um, the vocals are, are, I would say, next to like drums. If you wanted to do like acoustic drums, mm. I mean, that's very, you know, uh, laborious. But um, the vocals would be the second uh, most difficult thing to record. And uh, and he records the, the vocals, and then um, he does all the the mixing and mastering. So, what's a, what's a sorry side note? But what's a famous studio that everyone loves to drum at? The the really popular guys. I think there's one studio that everyone is like, oh, nothing. Everyone likes to drum drum at the, the the. There's one popular studio. Lots of lots of good albums came out of it. Oh, there, well, there's Sun, Sunset Studios in, in uh, Hollywood. That might be where it. they had the sound. They actually had the sound rooms, the reverb rooms. So rev reverb. So they would have these kind of separate rooms that were walled off, where they would put a mic in, mm. and they uh, would, yeah. I mean, basically take the sound from whatever mm. you were. So a guitar, and then they would pipe the guitar sound into this room, mm -hmm. and then give it a natural. We call it rev reverb is just is basically reverberation, bounce. like yeah. bounce. Yeah, um, the sound of a room, whatever mm. you're you're playing in. Sunset Studios is probably one of the most I mean, famous studios. I remember yeah, hearing a bunch of different drummers like, from, yeah. and they're like, it, it's out, it just feels different. You know, once you're in that there's 99th percentile. There's a lot of there's, uh, Muscle Shoals in, um, maybe it's a Georgia. There's, I mean, actually, oddly enough, famous place for music, not for recording, but um, big names was Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Really? It was right on the border there with the states, and they uh, Sun Records, who had huh. they had uh, I think it was uh, Johnny Cash and like a bunch of like the early guys. They would all like back in the fifties, sixties, they would make the trek across the Swifty. border into Swift. Well, Swift Swift Current has a lot of money, oil and farm yeah. farming, and is that close and to Lewis Knuckle? Yeah, yeah, not too far. The uh, you mentioned more than a hundred songs. You just want to get it out. Why only eight for the album? Well, I mean, why uh, not? And you and you also mentioned you're going to have another album or hope to make another album soon. Yeah, in the next few months. Uh, um, if you have that many songs, why not a 12, 15? It's, it's a lot of work because especially, you know, like I said, getting, um, hopping on the short bus from Ulsan down to Pusan in, at like, you know, seven in the morning on, on a Friday and beating, you know, getting through traffic and then hopping into a taxi and then going to, to my recording engineers. That sounds really tough place. for a guy who's got months and months off every year. <laughs> yeah. A, a bus, 45 minute bus ride sounds really tough. Yeah. It's, uh, That's only halfway across Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. No doubt. No doubt. I guess this age is maybe lazy, but, um, it's it is a lot of work and it's money too. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't 
don't have a lot of money. So to make, you know, make an album, it's, it costs you a few grand. Um, so I originally wanted to start with, well, I was thinking I'd be clever and do like a 13 song album. And then it was like, well, screw that. I'll do it, you know, standard 10 song. Mm. And then I started on, I was like, Jesus nuts. <laughs> I'll just go with eight, eight. I mean, cause no one, a lot of people, a lot of artists don't do albums. I mean, the album concept yeah. is not, mm. it's all, it's all about singles. It's all yeah, about yeah. single releases. Oh, this is my new song. This is my new song. Yeah. You know, but I wanted to do an album. Yeah. Um, so eight's, eight's a good number mm. and, uh, it's a lucky number in Asia. So absolutely. And you, uh, speaking of getting lucky in Asia, I was going to say, maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Transmission of my car is going <laughs> in, in other news, but what, um, uh, you got a hundred songs. What now that you've, um, now that you've released your album, what's going to motivate you to keep, to keep pursuing or, or keep pushing regardless of, well, I want to get them recorded and I, and every, honestly, every time I sit down, um, like off this, this album, I had the, actually the opening song, Lady Let Your Hair Down. It was a song I wrote in the late nineties. Mm. Kind of a funny story is the last, the last line of the song is about plunging knives into the entire world's population. Mm eyes mm-hmm. you know so it, when i wrote it in the late 90s the world population was six billion so last line is you know i uh, wish i had 12 million knives to plunge into your blind eyes mm. and then as years went by i had to change the lyrics you know so then it was 13 <laughs> billion and then it was 14 billion and then it was 15 billion mm. and then i mean it's going to be 16 billion pretty soon here <laughs> so world pop Two yeah, eyes. I mean, eight. Oh, two eyes. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 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 Math whiz Tough over stuff, here. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, what's he talking about, man? Is this <laughs> Mars or what? <laughs> I got the karate kid. <laughs> I got one. Hi-ya! I don't know. Maybe I imagine like one of those long Ginsu knives. You guys get them all in one slice. <laughs> We're in Asia. We but, uh, yeah. So the first song of the album is I wrote in the late 90s. And then the most recent song off. Uh, that made it into the, this album was uh, song number four, Time to Breathe. Mm. I wrote in uh, August. Mm. So, yeah, Time I to mean, breathe, it's, it's, that... so I, I sit down and then, and it's, you know, I start coming up with a new a new song and then it's like, oh, is this, I like this one. Maybe I'll, you know, throw it on. Song. Is um, the logistics of, of taking a, a strenuous 30 minute bus down to Busan and, <laughs> and all this stuff. I mean, a little bit of financial uh, investment. Yeah. Is it quantity or quality over quantity or why not? Uh, you say you want to record them and get them out there. If you could do it through your own kind of home studio setup, mm-hmm. why not produce more yourself and oh, just well, get them out Well, I have done that. I, I, I have a, an account with uh, SoundCloud, mm. which is a thing for I've heard some of those. Yeah. And I, I've had my stuff up on there since 2000. 14. And then there's Reverb Nation. I had my stuff up on there uh, since 2010. But, I mean, I can only take it so far. Like I said, it was, as I was telling you guys earlier, mm. I mean, it's guys go to school for, to this, do it for properly. Like four years or, you know, 20 years of, of experience. Like it's, it's yeah. can, it, you can just go down a rabbit hole with, uh, and especially, you know, these days, because there's just, the technology is just, Hmm. But that's that, so that's much. what I mean, though. What is the what's the balance kind of between? I don't have enough money to put out a hundred songs, 
but two albums and then you know i'll just kind of release my other stuff on soundcloud or well i think it's just bit by bit so i mean if i if if somebody you know walked up to me tomorrow and said here's ten thousand us dollars to record however you know your next uh five albums Mm. which is you know i could i could do five albums you know with with ten ten thousand us um I'd be like, cool. I, I would. I could release two a year. I could do two a year. No, hmm. wild. But um, yeah, it's 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 time. It's money, and and yeah, you know, it's it's quality over. It's, it always has to be quality over quantity. Of course. You know, of I course. wanted. I, I mean, I wanted this to be good, but it wasn't until the very end, like when you're going through the process and you're, you know, you're recording, and then you can hear, you know, each track, and then. You start mixing. You're doing a you know a first mix and a, or a rough mix, and then you're starting to really you know kind of dial it in. Mm. You get things kind of where you want it to be, and then you start mastering. And then there's also still some kind of call it mixing, still making things. Oh, I mean, kind of further, more uh, you know, fit together and gel and mm. and all become one cohesive unit. Because that's for me was yeah. I, I mean, I could I could do one song and make it sound good mm. at home. But then the next song I would do would sound totally different. Like the volume <laughs> would be off, yeah. and the you know everything would be just. And I'm like, I swear to God, have I you heard anything the exact same way I did last time? I got the same like, problem. Yeah, yeah, every week we have this. Yeah, problem. yeah. It's just yeah. So it's it's just that kind of. Whereas yeah, um, yeah. Shaw uh, makes yeah, the magic it, happen, and, and that's you get that mastering, and then that that final kind of polish, and then it's at the end of the day. And, and again, with the technology, so him, you know, telling me, he said, well, get it out in streaming services. And they all, every streaming service, you know, they have different parameters. Like they have to kind of standardize their, uh, everything like loudness. Okay. So how there's perceived loudness, how loud you think it is, and mm. then how loud it actually is. Mm. So like the first, my, my album, the first four songs are kind of, you know, rock, hard rock. And then the, the, the second four songs or you know a little lighter stuff pop rock country yeah. rock whatever 80s cock rock, rock. stud rock <laughs> soft cock rock <laughs> and uh and um so when when shaw was uh, you know mixing it and and everything mm. and and we were going through like to to master when i sat down with them to mm. do you know to do the the final mastering yep uh, he said you know i ended up having to bring down all of the second half of the album because it was uh, as I heard it, mm. because there are softer songs, I had everything jacked up Jack. louder. Uh-huh. When in reality, right. yeah, they, they were too loud. So I actually had to bring them back down. And then these, like these um, streaming services like Spotify and this and that, they all have their own right. parameters as to how you know how you loud it. your stuff can be. So you have it. It's your choice if you want to be. Within those, like exactly within those parameters, then they won't touch your your song. If you're a little louder, they'll, then they'll squash it a little bit, which is fine. Mm. But if you come in super loud, they're just gonna totally squash yeah. your stuff, and it's your stuff. You're gonna lose all dynamicism. You're yeah. just, you're, you're, yeah. Your stuff's gonna sound just flat. So, <laughs> so you I, have to consider that, like w- what medium you're, you know, using to get to get your music out to to how, people. How do the YouTube ads manage to be? 50 decibels oh, higher well, than the, you know, yeah, than you know what you have to one. do is you have to get YouTube Premium to cut out all that. You mentioned your your first concert. What about um, a notable performance 
no, not that you've seen, but that the best live show that you've done. Have you had one where everything kind of, you know, the the planets aligned and you had the. Well, there, there's a few times it does happen where you just feel, yeah, not to be cliched, but you feel like you're in the zone. You know, you're up on yeah. stage and you're playing and, and everything's grooving. The, the the guys you're playing with, it's just, and it could be like totally improvised stuff too, mm. or or you know a, a you know a rehearsed act, mm. and you're just like, wow, I you know I can do no wrong right now, and then you just and then you just take off and you just mm. start, you know. What do you think are the elements that make a show special? Well, it's the, you know, it's the, the, the crowd, of course, you know, the crowd needs to be in, or at least pay a bunch attention. of yeah. yeah, yeah. Paying, paying <laughs> a little bit of attention. Yeah. Um, and of course the, the people that you're playing with Does and, it... you know, and if the, uh, the bar owner pulls out a baseball bat on you, you know, it always makes the show special. So. <laughs> does, uh, does the crowd size have a major effect on you as you're up there? Uh, I mean, 10 people who are really into it yeah, or uh, worth 50 worth who are playing more, on their phones yeah yeah 10 10 good uh you know uh crowd people uh, spectators are Rocking better out, than yeah. than 50 crappy ones or 100 um yeah it's it's really about kind of response and and vibe and um size does like <laughs> size does matter <laughs> um but not it, it's more of a like holy crap like I'm I'm used to playing for anywhere's from five people say up to 150 like that's kind of yeah. the range you know that I'm used to so when suddenly I actually when I was living in Taiwan um, teaching at a school and I was asked to go up for uh, I think a, a Christmas some sort of Christmas thing and just go up and do end up doing a uh, Dave Matthews. Tripping billies and uh, maybe uh, knocking on heaven's door or something. So we we're in the big auditorium. So this is a six thousand student high school, middle and high school. Wow. And uh, I, I we were sitting, you know, the side of the stage, and I was kind of looking around. Like this is a, I mean, it's basically a stadium. And I'm looking around. I'm like, oh yeah, there's you know, a fair number of kids out mm. there. No big deal. And then I got up on stage by myself, and then I'm looking out. And I'm going, wow, this is like three thousand. People now they're just kids, you yeah. know. But you know they're still listening, and sure. yeah, absolutely. You know, so you're still the only like, guy up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's three thousand people, three thousand people, and I was like, "Geez, wild." That was that was yeah. Made me a little nervous, but get the heart going a little bit. One video you've shared several times is one of my favorite favorite videos ever on uh, YouTube. Dave Grohl playing my hero on the Howard Stern show. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of backstory in that, but in the video. Stern and Robin are really pressing him to get the the meaning of his lyrics. Really digging into him, like yeah. it's about Kurt, it's about Kurt. Yeah. And he's like, "Come uh, on, no, it's not about that. No, I, but I think it is." And they were they were really digging. Um, I'm not going to make any any brave assumptions about your song, but you're going to play an original song for us coming up now, track two on your on your debut album, uh, song title "I Need You Like a Hole in the Head." Um, can you give us a little background on the on the lyrics for that one? Well, it yeah, it's there... it started started with an experience we've all had. We've been in a bad relationship, so I I guess I would say with my uh, with my writing, I, I kind of follow an, an inductive way where I start with something specific and then yeah. generalize. So yeah, just being in a bad relationship and then generalizing to yeah, we've all been there, and then looking at 
going back to like the original sin, you know, mm. Adam and Eve, mm. uh, you know, and their fall from grace from the Garden of Eden, mm. uh, which is, you know, in my, my uh, album artwork, I have a, a picture of that, mm. actually. That's your process. Have you ever um, had someone who, who's read your lyrics come out and be like, oh, is that song about this or is that song about that? Have you uh, ever had to defend? Uh... Well, it's, it's funny what people will argue with, you know, with you about, you know, it's like, I've even had people argue with me how I spell my freaking name. Attack? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's with two K's and two T's. <laughs> no, but uh, but uh, people want to force their their feelings and their views on you. Mm. Like uh, John, I think it was John Lennon that said it best. You know, he said once once you write a song and you release it, it's no longer yours. Mm. It's so, up for interpretation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like how, however you heard my hero, you know, that that's your way and that's your interpretation. And mm. it's, you know, now it's, it's that's your a good song. Point, yeah. And I, I just, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't be attached. I mean, if someone really genuinely wants to ask me, mm. what did you write this song about? What were yeah. you thinking? Most of the time I can answer. Sometimes I like, I, I go back at like old song lyrics and I'm like, oh, geez. Anyways, let's, uh, let's cut to, a live performance of I Need You Like a Hole in the Head. Zach, take it away. This is my final sin. 
fantastic song yeah that was that was awesome dude thanks oh, for thanks, uh, th- <laughs> thanks for coming in and playing that um a couple more songs here before a couple more don't a couple more did 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 the mic have any effect on the performance today oh the the duct tape mic <laughs> i'm actually surprised you guys you guys didn't have any duct tape around here no had the packing That's tape the chicken chicken tape yeah i ma- actually managed to strip that screw i mean it sounds pretty good even with the yeah, the Jimmy Rig special. Listen, a, lot, a, lot, a couple, a uh, couple fun ones just to uh, to give the audience a little more insight into the Zach attack. Which band would you like to uh, play a song with? I have a buddy who's been called on stage with Green Day three mm. times. He got on stage called on stage three times with Green Day. Dude, he's got the guitars. He's got the videos. He sang live like three separate concerts. Three separate concerts. Oh wow! At the same city or I don't in the know same which city, city or don't know which city. Oh wow! He got called on with Audio Slave. Is his name Robbie? No. <laughs> Anthony Hotbot Botting man. He's got uh, a book for wanderers. He's a he's a, a deadly musician from back home. He's part of the band now, the Cocktails. But he. Um, he he's been on stage probably five times with oh, and wow. dude Audio Slave called him on to sing the national anthem, and he and he kind of got nervous and, and screwed up the second oh, I was verse. Oh, say, geez, what Audio Slave song do you sing? Because I'm a huge Chris Cornell fan. Absolutely, so. but anyways, cool. Uh, oh, that's cool. STP. When uh, when I'm in, oh yeah it, yeah who so would you like be uh, well oh to get call on stage uh, yeah. well. <sighs> Yeah, MC, I mean to play to play a tune. To, I mean, you could just be playing the guitar. You could do I, vocals. Up to I, yeah, STV would be my go-to normally, but uh, Scott, the original singer, is now deceased. They, they had open auditions for for replacements. Yeah, there, Jeff yeah. Goot. Oh, nah, he nails it. He's yeah. he's really good. Um, he's really good. They put out two albums with him. Mm. Uh, he's really good. But no, it'd be probably I would do Foo Fighters, my yeah. hero. Um, if I could, I love that song. And I'm, actually, I I think I. Well, no, I mean, I, the original is awesome, but the, the acoustic version he it. does yeah, yeah. in the studio there with Stern is he crushes it. killer. And, of course, going back to my original Heroes Kiss, I would probably do Deuce. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, I watched yeah. a great Kiss concert. I mean, when they were older, but, man, they could just rock. Holy yeah. oh, man. Which, which tour did you see them? Like a makeup tour or, or no makeup? What do you mean makeup or no makeup? Kiss, you know, because they had makeup and then they took it off and then they no put full it back makeup, on. full oh, makeup. Okay. Yeah. So the, like a reunion, yeah, yeah. Pro- uh, probably would have been late nineties. Where did you see them? What city? In Winnipeg. Oh, I saw. It. Maybe it was the same tour. Would have been ninety-seven in Calgary. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, probably. Yeah, I went and saw it with my buddy. Oh, that was surreal. The, like, uh, yeah, we were because we were both huge Kiss fans, and we had just, we had a, we had a whole package like a, a you know like they. We showed up at a bar downtown Calgary during the day, and then they, you know, booze and food, nice. and then they packed us into a school bus and fucking drove us to the uh, to the uh, stadium, and we had our, you know, our passes, and then they drove us back to the bar later at night when it was packed, and we got in, you know, back Sweet. backstage, you know, 
Nice. Calgary is yeah, a good party town. Nice, yeah, that's nice, nice. yeah, good. Cool, man. What about uh, another quick one? Top five albums you can't leave home without? Uh, well, yeah, cause, uh, that's why I had to write these answers down because yeah. I always end up forgetting some someone. But, uh, you know, off the top of my head, it was always Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic. Uh, that album, oh, man. I think it's. I think it has like sixteen songs on it. And yeah. There's and there's, but there's just just one cover. They actually the last. I think the last song of the album is by uh, an old song, old song by Robert Johnson, one of the original blues, uh, the black blues musicians. Mm. Uh, Red Hot, it's called actually. Mm. Um, that album, yeah, a lot of great memories. And of course, Stone Pilots Purple, which is their second album, had uh, Interstate Love Song and uh, Big Empty. Actually. I thought, what's the, what's the, uh, sing the opening to it? Well, what's the, what's the STP album with, uh, it's got a tree on the front, core. Isn't that there? Oh, with the weird creature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the first one. Mm. Train on the yesterday. 
Next album. Whoa, you got two two albums down. Oh yeah, STP Purple. Yeah. Uh, favorite band song cover? Yeah, it was STP, probably Big Empty or Interstate Love Song. But top five albums: mm. uh, Van Halen, nineteen eighty four. Got to throw in some Beatles, probably Abbey Road, and of course Ooh. Kiss. Abbey Road. Yeah. Oh man, there's uh, Rubber Soul. No. That's it's... one that a lot of uh, Rubber Soul or uh, Revolver, mm. a lot of. Beatles fans uh, gravitate towards, but Abbey Road. Oh, there's so many good songs off um, that album. Well, there's off yeah. every Beatles album, but that has a lot of special memories. But I think it comes down to, I mean, we, amongst my friends, it's always what's the best hip album, and it comes down to your experience with with the album, right? Where, where were you in your life when you heard it? You know, was it uh, was it during a great period? Do you remember? You know, do you link that to a certain part of your life? Same with movies and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? It's linked to inextricably to your experience, right? Wow, you used a big word there. That's I've been How I've come? been waiting for that one all day, man. <laughs> finally inextricably. <laughs> How come you don't play more kind of open mic nights or or just the casual stuff? Well, other than the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I've been here a long time. I've, yeah. I haven't seen oh. you out playing anywhere. Did you say pandemic? Because that's the second half of this podcast. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, the doctor's going to debunk yeah. everything. Oh, do, do you guys happen to know someone with a PhD in immunology and uh, you know, a master's degree in public health? I don't know, but I should have probably hey, included that's, that. That's a podcast for another, yeah, another time. Yeah, should have included that on a... <laughs> So someone that's uh, that's been peer-reviewed, uh, <laughs> published uh, journal articles, uh, you know, over thirty times. Thanks. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Last year, last <laughs> album on the. <laughs> no, oh. why don't why don't you make it oh, up to a couple oh. open mics? Wow, well, there's stuff. not really. Uh, Shill at Sticky Fingers. He had open mics for a, a while, and just no one ever showed up. I showed up to a couple of them. Mm. I played in yeah. a couple of them open mics i mean if you get a good group of people that are coming in regularly and like you know putting putting something together and it sounds good but it's a lot of work and you get a lot of you can get a lot of shitheads and and a lot of bruised egos like i used to um uh run a a um an open mic in in taiwan mm. and it was me hosting it and then another guy too to co-host it and you have some dickwad that would come in and throw and, tomatoes <laughs> and honestly like just but it's i mean it's one thing if, if someone goes up and just bombs for mm. like two or three songs but there was one guy that comes in and uh, used to come in and i'm not going to mention his name not that he's going to be listening to this but he would bring his little entourage and he would go up for literally an hour and not finish one song 
he would start a song, he'd get 20 seconds in, and then he'd giggle, and he'd stop, and he'd have to tell a story. And Jeez. then he'd start again. You and got no would, career, man. Seriously, what are you not, talking about? Not <laughs> one song for an hour. And Long. eventually, and I'm just, I, I mean, this is a bar. Like, he, you know, mm. the, the bar owner wants to bring people, and, you know, the people would come in and they'd be like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah, this is crap. Yeah. So you got to be, you know, it's like, okay, if you're going to go up, you know, fine, if you suck, fine, but you're getting off. Mm. You know, you're not. And, and that's why a lot fair. of. A lot of, you know, open mics, they say have a maximum, you know, like 10 20. minutes or if you, you know, if if you're good, I mean, you can do 15 minutes. Yeah, right. Cool. But yeah, the open mic stuff, it's just, and it ends up making other people money, you know, which another thing too, and don't get me started on the whole not getting paid for, for doing live gigs and yeah. bringing money into the bar and yeah. they want to pay you, you know give you a $20 bar tab, which at the end of the day works out to $5 out of their pocket. Right. Five bucks. Yeah, five yeah. bucks for, you know, like, screw you. Yeah. I've had that situation happen. In it's, uh, it, it might be good for, like, super, super uh, inexperienced people, right? There, there yeah, is a benefit I think uh, something like that, like a, a you know, a, yeah, like a, a real open mic where just any Joe Blow gets mm. up and, you know. yeah. You know, someone sure. that has no experience and is just like, oh, my God, I'm, am I going to crap my pants yeah, yeah, on yeah. stage? You know, whereas, you know, I mean, I've, I've played hundreds of shows. I'm not going to waste your time going down. Yeah, no, I don't mind. Like, if, if I feel, you know, on a Thursday, next Thursday, I'm like, well, obviously not now, but during normal times. Mm. Oh, man, I'd really, you know, just Go have a couple tunes. beers and get up and, you know, yeah. strum the guitar or maybe I want to work on some material. It's, it's like a, an open mic, you know, for comedians too. Mm. It's like, oh, I'll go up and do a, Try a little five-minute, you know, yeah. bit and and see how it, you know, cool. see how it sure. goes. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, fantastic. What's the last album? Uh, Kiss. So I'd have to go with a, a greatest hits double platinum. So that covered all, you know, a lot of their music from '73 yeah. to '78. So mm. their early stuff. Cool. And an honorable mention. Two. Always come back. White Snake, White Snake. Yeah. I love that. Love that album. Beautiful. With John Sykes, one of my favorite guitar players. Awesome. Wicked, dude. Listen, thanks for... Uh, thanks. Any Anything else you want to mention? No. You want to mention? Lots we of fun. That, that, that one last... Uh, oh, one before last, we before uh, yeah. we get into the, the thing, is there anything else you want to you wanna plug? Guys, get Road... The the band name and, and first album is both Road Pop. Yeah, yeah. It's Road Pop, Road, road Pop. Pop. Yeah. So you can... Uh, you can you know, grab a road pop, pick up a road pop, listen to it. Yeah, yeah it's fu- funny because I buddies back home they're saying road pop. Yeah, that's that's a great name. So it's funny that no one's picked that. Yeah. So he was I actually had a, a good friend of mine. He's a, a music critic back home and mm. a, a pop culture writer. And he said, oh, "It's funny, no one's picked that up. I can't uh, believe maybe that's it's a it. regional thing, but." I mean, you guys all sure. Yeah, you guys know yeah. what a road pop is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's <laughs> yeah. just a Canadian thing. I don't know. But, solid, uh, solid, solid. And his road pops getting a beer for the road. Wherever you're going, you take a for anyone who doesn't know what a yeah, road pop is. Yeah, but we're not advocating drinking and driving. It's mm. only the road pop is only for the passengers. passengers. Yes. Only for the passengers. Fantastic. A great, uh, a great interview. A great final message. Yeah, and uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, you can listen to it on any of this major streaming services: Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, YouTube. Uh, Pandora. There's KK Box. Deezer. Yeah, Deezer. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't even access Deezer from Korea. 
Um, but yeah, Pandora, uh, KKBox is apparently the the biggest uh, streaming service in China. Cool. Um, and then of course uh, some of the more I guess traditional sites for original music. There's SoundCloud. I have it up. I got it on Bandcamp. Mm. I got it on Reverb Nation. Drop eight bucks, man. You'll you'll uh, you'll be almost invested in the experience, and I think you take take a little bit more uh, more away from it. So support your local artists and uh, and get out there, man. We want to hear some new uh, new music. You can only listen to uh, to Stairway so many times, man. Yeah, and I just <laughs> want to make one thing clear: Road Pop is Old Sands' best party band. So if anyone t- tries to tell you different, they're wrong. Dude, thanks for coming by. Guys, we hope uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, we're gonna lead out, lead out, roll out, roll out, roll out with a nice Christmas song about junkies getting high under a bridge. Yes, the tune that takes me back to my to my early days in Niagara, in Niagara, man. Not under a bridge doing heroin, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, you just great... walked yourself right into that yeah, one. <laughs> no shit. No, but that's uh, you know the tune we uh, we listen to. Quite... All grew up uh, with. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys, enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.